Haley, we got a situation here. Open up. It's only second week of the summer, and there's already been a dead fish in the pool. We're trying to get it back alive. Water balloons thrown at tourists. Boobies! Boobies! I failed as a mother, Moni. Yeah, Mom, you're a disgrace. New job? Yeah. If you're working, who's looking after Moni? You're not my father. I don't want to be your you father. You can't treat me like this. You don't think everybody knows what's up, Haley? Everybody. She's about to cry. I can always tell when adults are about to cry. Hey, y'all, it's Gabrielle. Hey, it's Emily. And this is Sister Safe Space. And this is our first episode. So just a brief summary of what we are. It's just a podcast with a few girls. Well, today it's only two. It's me and Emily since the others are doing whatever. But it's in this quarantine. <laughs> yes, we're quarantined together. We're we'll being illegal right now because I don't live with Emily. But <laughs> we're being illegal. I mean, it's supposed to be distancing and I'm with you. We're about three feet apart. We're about 12 inches. But we're gonna we're gonna let it rock. I don't got corona and I don't think you do. I don't. Okay, just make sure. So we are recording our first podcast and it's a podcast dedicated to the arts. So when I was trying to think of what this podcast was gonna be about, I was trying to decide what we wanted to talk about because I feel like everyone talks about sex and relationships, and I'm like, I don't wanna be that person to do the norm. So, I was like, we should have, like, real girl issues, you know, real shit, and talk about it, you know? So, we'll be just reading books, watching movies, and other artistic expressions in which we'll just sit down, drink some wine, and talk about it together. And it might not always be in favor of each other, like, we might disagree, because coming up, we definitely have some different opinions, you know, (laughs) we discussed on that yesterday, but we, you know, withheld some, so we can display it now, so, yeah, just, I hope y'all enjoy it, I hope it's entertaining, and please, just a disclaimer, this is our honest opinions, please don't come at us, come at our next, because we believe this and whatever, you know? And guess what? We said what we fucking said. Oh, okay, period, 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 poo. So yeah, so I hope y'all enjoy. Now let's get it started. So now Emily's gonna give her recollection of the movie since she has not watched it for how long? About two years. And I just watched it last night. So what do you remember? Okay, so for what I remember, the Florida Project is based in Kissimmee, Florida. Yeah. Where, you know, the home of Disney World and all the other surrounding parks. parks. Um, and I remember the little girl named Mooney. She had two friends. And they literally just roamed. And that's a they, lighter of a word for what they They, they roamed, yeah, they roamed around all the different motels. And they just really did kid things that... Mm. that mm. <laughs> Normal kids, would Norm- okay, kids, okay, yes, you know, kids yes. that are, are brought up in stable households mm-hmm. wouldn't do. Um, I remember her mom struggling to make, you know, make ends meet because they were staying in a motel, and having her having to beg the hotel manager. And um, I also remember her struggling to balance just being a parent and living. In the situations that she was in. Yeah. As far as, you know, kind of being homeless and not being able to provide for her daughter, which is something that every parent wants to do is provide for their children. Yeah. I mean, I agree with your synopsis for the most part. I think Emily was being a little nice (laughs) because Mooney was bad as shit. Like, she was not bad. She was bad, y'all. Emily wants to um, cake for her. If you want to say show empathy, but um, I, she was bad to me, and it wasn't things that a normal six year old should do. And I mean, she is a product of her environment in this movie, but 
some things, it was just like, I had to draw a line. Like, I had to be like, mm-mm, but, but is that because we will go into we'll, we'll go into this later on in our discussion questions. But we're just giving y'all a brief summary, which is not really brief, but kind of. But it's just like Emily said, a young I would dare no, she's probably in her early. How old do you think she is? Her mom, Haley. I would say I early twenties. I wouldn't say no more than like no more than twenty five. Oh no, no, I was giving her twenty one. Yeah, yeah, because okay. they went out places with her and her um, friend. They went out, so I would give her like twenty one. She was pretty young looking, and she has a daughter who's about to enter first grade, or probably is in first grade, going into second because it's set in the summer. And then yeah. I feel like the mom just does not have control of her daughter. Her daughter just does whatever. It's her summer to do whatever, I guess, in my opinion. That's my summary. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all gotta watch, if you're just now listening to this, to gauge if you wanna watch the movie, please watch the movie. So that's our summary of The Florida Project. So um, the type of movie it is, it's a naturalism or a slice of life kind of a genre of film and I really love slice of life films like naturalism films because I like watching real world shit like I don't like watching movies that it's not realistic I can't relate it's unbelievable like it's not believable like I hate those kind of films it's pointless to me because what am I really getting from the film yeah like it does not it doesn't hold any emotional value to me like I can't relate like I don't like those kind of films so I really like slice of life so the definition, in case y'all don't know, it should be self-explanatory, but you know, whatever. It's a theater's attempt to create an illusion of reality through dramatic and theoretical strategies. So that was the fancy definition, but you should know what naturalism means if you pay attention to school. But to kind of dumb it down, it's basically movies that make you think and make you kind of want more. You want to look into things and it, it kind of requires you to learn more information because they don't they don't lay it out for you. They don't give you all the facts. You kind of have to watch the movies and then take a step back and say, hmm, now I want to know why this affected her in this way. What's going on? Why did this happen? What can we do to change it? And stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I like movies that have hold that kind of weight in which I have to look back on my life, where I live, my surroundings, like, damn, like, is this really going on? Like, why is this happening? Why does no one see this as a problem? So, yeah, I definitely agree. I love naturalism films. Like, I just love it. So, we thought now Emily could give us some facts about the area in which Haley and Monzi are based out of. Yeah, so um, again, going back to the kind of movie, like I said, it, it makes you want to step out the box and grab some more information because you kind of want to under you you want to get a better understanding of what's happening and why it's happening, and how does it kind of relate to us and where we are because every you know every region, every state, every county is different. So what I found was that the Median income in Oscala County, which is the county that, you know, homes Disney World, Universal Studios, Epcot, all the parks that bring in so much tourists. And it's, tip, it's, it's literally called the happiest place on earth. Um, the median income is about $24,128. And when you think about that, in retrospect, that's not a lot of money especially for someone who has a child. And then with that information, I also looked up um, the rent, the average of rent in that county, which is about $800. And I remember when I was looking for my first apartment, trying to grab as much information as, you know, to be more budget friendly and look for things that I can afford. Um, Typically when you're looking for a place to live, you want to stay between, you know, about 20% of your monthly income, that's what that's literally what you can afford in rent. And if you're making twenty four thousand dollars, what you can afford in rent is only four hundred dollars mm. a month. So if the median 
if the the rent average is eight hundred dollars, but you technically can only afford four hundred, it kind of leaves you in a hole because now you have to sacrifice food and you have to sacrifice other things, just you know, a car, any other kind of luxury or bill that um, you would have. Especially being a single mom, think about childcare. Now four hundred dollars. She she has to use four hundred dollars from her monthly income to now not pay for childcare. So now we're gonna get into our discussion questions, and we really get to break down, um, dissect these move this movie and. You really see the dialogue that we started yesterday. Well, actually, it was this morning at like 2 o'clock in the morning that we discussed this movie. So we'll get to the good stuff now. So It was crazy because um, when you mentioned it and I seen the Florida Project and the text message, I was like, wait a minute. I seen that movie. Because, you know, sometimes you see a movie and then you think about it, but then it kind of, you forget about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, like, stick with you. It's not, it's... So when you went to that, I was like, oh my God, now we can have this conversation. And when I tell you this conversation got a little deep, it got a little deep, but I, it was fun. We both ended it like, wow, this was kind of fun. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the first question is, who was your favorite character and why? Um, I would say my favorite character was Jancy. And Jancy didn't really have a major role in this movie, but she played a major part. She kind of was the leveler, if that's a word, for the group. Like, when she came into the group, they initially kind of avoided her, but they made fun of her. Like, they spit on her. Um, they were cleaning off the car that they spit on, and they are like, hey, come clean. And then she kind of did it to get accepted by the um, Mooney and um, Scooty. And so she was kind of... Not really the saving grace, but just that person to calm them down, kind of bring them. Yeah, she was definitely the one with, um, not, I, would, I don't want to say sense. Yeah, it's not really sense, more, I feel like it was a more and more row. Yeah, but I think word. also when you go back into her living situation, it kind of tells you why she's like that. She grew up, she was living in a hotel with her sister and her grandma. And her grandma. Which her grandma had sense. And... You know, for someone who she was probably not allowed to go outside mm-hmm. before she met Mooney and Scooty and Vicky. So she was just, she wanted to be accepted and she allowed Eric. She was the next one of the group and the one that was easily bullied, kind of, in a sense. Yeah. I mean, because she, she, huh, it's weird because I feel like I kind of related to um, Jancy, but not really mm-hmm. because it was just like, you're that person that has your parents hold you to a high standard and you know what's right or wrong but then you see that kids have a little bit more freedom and you kind of want to be accepted because you don't really have too many friends that you just like hey let me see what's good with them let me join in with them and then maybe you can bring them down and give them some of your kind of I don't know, intellect, I don't know. But do you think that also has to do with the fact that she was raised by a grandparent? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, grandparents are are no, but I extraordinary. Mean, I don't see in, in a sense where what they teach you and like the rights and wrongs from a grandparent is completely different from your parents. But I feel like this is when you're copying for an old girl because my mom was I want to say she was 25 when she had me or something like that. I know she was literally about to graduate college when she had me, and I know half of what. Mooney would do, like... Uh, we talk about Jan- Jancy, girl. We want to talk about Mooney. No, but you were saying that how her grandma, um, Jancy's grandma, gave her the moral, the morals that she has. That's why the way she is, because of her grandma. But then again, okay. I said I can relate to um, Jancy, but I wasn't raised by my grandma. I was raised by my mom. My mom was... She wasn't, super, she wasn't a teenage mom or super young, but she still was young, and I still have high moves for my mom and she was young when she had me so I'm like True. that's what I'm saying you kind of, that's what he was like kind of like kind of saving Haley but we'll get into that later mm-hmm. we'll get into that later so who's your favorite character because we're not we're not going to do this right now we'll, we'll go into that later in the later questions who's your favorite <laughs> character um I think my favorite character was the hotel manager mm. 
Yes. And the reason why is because um, we all kind of have, like, our saving grace. Mm-hmm. You know, in a certain part of our lives, we, you know, we kind of go through things and we don't realize how much someone can actually be there for us without actually telling us. Mm-hmm. And that man literally... Bobby. Bobby, that man. <laughs> the man. He, he, um, yeah, he definitely, he was literally like their savior without them even knowing. And they kind of didn't appreciate him. They, yeah. it was more of a, I she, he was the dad. But he, he was like the dad, the grandpa. He was literally the dad for the whole, the whole motel yeah. community. And I, I think that was, I think he was my favorite because he had a lot of patience. And I think part of the reason that Bobby did so much was, um, I'm assuming, because I kind of was still skeptical on it, the young man that kept coming over there was his son. And I feel like he had a kind of straining relationship with his son. And so that's why he kind of took Haley under his wing is because he kind of had that straining relationship with his son. So he's like, hey, let me try to relive this time make up for what I lacked in was and show that in Haley. Mm-hmm. So I really liked Bobby. Bobby took one out a big load. He definitely did in this movie. So who do you um identify with the kids or the adults in this movie? The kids. Definitely the kids. Yeah, I say the kids. I think kids are kids are only gonna do what they're allowed to do. And I think that's what the whole conversation of this movie is and why, you know, you feel Mooney was bad as hell. And I feel like, yeah, she was she was bad, but she, it, it it's kind of stemmed for her environment and and all that. But I, I think it literally shows you how different kids can be as far as from where they grew up and their household and their upbringing and stuff because like me and you could especially out here it's hard to say because out here in Virginia I'm from New York City and our schools we we have zone schools but everyone who goes to the school is you know it's the same neighborhood but let's say in Fredericksburg where I was living before I came to Richmond um your zone school can be about three miles out and it'll, it'll be like suburban neighborhoods that the the income is about $100,000 um, a year. And then it can be another neighborhood that the, the average income is like fifty. Yeah. So you have different people from different areas and different incomes. Whereas in the Bronx, most people kind of have the same struggle. Yeah. So most kids kind of went through the same thing. And um, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, unless you know what's going on as a teacher, um, like for you, um, unless you know what's going on in a student's household, how do you then change how you teach them? How does that how does that affect their learning? Now I'm trying to add more questions. Eh. I know All because right. it, 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 I think it's just a deeper. This is what I meant by the movies that make you think and you know make you wonder. So this is my thing. Um, when you teach or go or service or support whatever staff into these school systems, with majority of the kids, if not all, are in traumatic situations and low-income families, you have to be prepared, knowledgeable, and supplied with the resources and knowledge to help them. And so, therefore, if you can't relate, if you're not trained, if you don't have the heart and compassion, then it's not for you. Like, it's going to be evident. The kid's going to see it. You're not going to last. And so, if you're not ready for it, then it's not going to help. So, for example, um, until I really, I knew about stuff and I did stuff with school, but until I actually got into, into the classroom and saw and figured out how I could help the kids because, in the school system I work with, with a lot of low-income, teaching is not the main focus. Like, yes, teaching and learning is important, but you find many times you have to be that big sister, that mom figure, that support system, that mentor, and help them, which in this movie, that's evident that Mooney didn't have that support and that mentor and that 
good adult to help guide her as she gets older to teach her those morals mm-hmm. and teach her from right and wrong. And so that's the problem with a lot of these kids. They don't they have parents, but their parents are absent. Their parents are at work, mm-hmm. so they don't have a person to help them to help them grow and to teach them. And we just hope we have teachers. That have that, that are dedicated have that dedication to do that because a lot of teachers the understanding because if you don't yeah if you live in a box then you're not gonna have no kind of understanding what goes on outside that little bubble or the good one yeah like you come from a rich area and you come to low income to help these poor mm-hmm. little children and you don't really have an idea of what it's going to take to help those children because it's not just simply teaching that's not what you can do i mean if you want to simply teach and go to a private school or a rich school where you can just teach and get the resources because they're going to be stressed the hell out (laughs) (laughs) so i definitely can agree with you identify with the children because i think i looked at it in a different way i identified with the children because we all i miss that freedom of responsibilities that freedom to just be you without judgment, without a care, without just that second thought of, should I do that or is that okay? You know, so I looked at it that way because in the other side with the adults, the adults were constantly being judged, constantly being ridiculed. They had so many responsibilities that it was stressful. I mean, I could relate to that, but I wanted to relate to the children. So now to our next question, um, have you witnessed poverty as a tourist? And, I mean, I guess it could be at Disney World in Orlando, or it could just be in general. So, um, of, of course. I mean, when we when we travel up to D.C. to, to see you, um, the amount of homeless people we see in, in our nation's capital is crazy. Um, the amount of homeless people I see here in Richmond is crazy or even traveling back home in New York, homelessness is high. I've never been to LA, but I know LA's oh, homelessness yeah. um, is really high. Um, then to talk about Florida, I've been to, I went to Florida every year for about five years um, to go to the parks. And one thing I could say is I never seen homeless people. Yep. Never. I've been to Disney World four or five times. I actually just went to Orlando, well, Kissimmee, last year in July, and I did not see a homeless person. Yeah. And to watch this movie and look up the facts to know that homelessness is so high in this area, it's like, where are these people at? Exactly. In those motels, clearly. Like, it's literally like a facade. Yeah, the happiest place on earth, which is not so happy. But yeah, definitely, because like you said, I definitely go to Orlando to the um, parks a lot, and you don't see homeless people. Like, you'll see some people walking the street to go to the store or something, but it doesn't appear as they're homeless, but you don't know that situation because maybe like Mooney and her family, they're in a motel, and though they have a home, quote unquote, as well, a place of shelter. It's not their home. They don't own it. So technically they're homeless. So what that what that then reflect in a positive light? What? As far as there's a home there's homelessness in surrounding the happiest place of, on earth, but we don't see it. So is that a good thing? Um no, of course not as a good thing because I mean, clearly, are they doing are they doing clearly something? they're hot no. They well from your statistics, they're not doing something. I mean, from what I saw, they're progressing, but they're hiding it. And hiding it doesn't mean that it doesn't it exist. goes away, right. like it doesn't exist. They're just hiding it, but it's still a problem. So what are we going to do to resolve this? What are we going to do to improve this situation? So definitely when visiting Florida, I don't really see homeless people or what we consider homeless as the person standing with a sign, yada, yada, yada. I don't really see that. But on the same token, like when you visit like out of the country and you go on somewhere as a tourist, you definitely see it. Like you'll be on a resort and as soon as you step off the resort, boom, it hits you. Like it's two different worlds and mm-hmm. it's just crazy how it could be, 
oh, this utopic ideal, there's no error, this is just the best place, and then you step right off, not even a foot off the property, and boom, you see someone asking for money, um, what can they do, can they um, carry this for you, can they wash your room? like, it's just crazy, and so, it's crazy that, in the habits place on earth, they haven't really resolved the issue, but more so just hit it for tourists so it's like hey, happy for don't tourists. worry about this continue to have this great this great um experience in florida right here don't worry about that it's not a problem right so it's happy for the tourists not for the residents definitely and if you're not aware of the situation you're not going to even think of it because mm-hmm. you're not going to be like where are the, the locals blah 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 you're, you're not thinking about that all right. you're thinking about is let me get into disney world so i can ride the teacups with um cinderella like that's all i'm thinking about so they definitely did a, if the you want to call it a great job. Definitely Beauty and the Beast. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I like Magic Studios, so um, this is not Magic Studios. What's it called? You know, Ma- right? No, no, no. The Magic part of Magic Kingdom. Um, Magic Kingdom, but what's the, the studio one? Universal with the, um, no, and with the roller coaster and it has the Tower of Terror. Tower, well, Tower of Terror is an MCM. MCM, that's what okay. I'm saying. But then, but then there's Islands of Adventures, which is... Okay, I know, I know, I know. I'm not talking about those, though. But I feel like about it. This is too much. Sorry, <laughs> Um, So we kind of covered this next question. It was basically, um, does the film showcase families experiencing homelessness in Orlando? We kind of covered that. Mm-hmm. How how are these issues relevant to your community and your personal life? We kind of covered we that. We kind of covered, yeah, we covered that. Um... I will say though, um, since I, I'm from Virginia, I'm from the 757 area, that's Newport News, if you don't know. So then I moved to DC area to work in DC, it's not even hidden, it's out there for you to see like homeless people. So I'm just like, that was definitely an adjustment for me to see it, to just be around it constantly, Monday through Friday, shoot Saturday, I'm going out, etc. But then, after being in D.C. for a while, then I come home to start seeing a lot of people on corners begging for money and then having signs put up by the government to say, don't give them money, call this number for them to get our resources. We had that here in Virginia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm coming home to 75 to make oh, yeah. news and stuff in Winsburg, which is supposed to be this rich, high-class area or upper-middle-class area have signs posted like that's crazy to me because it just shows clearly the government isn't doing something right that poverty or low income is clearly increasing or rising so it's just crazy to me but but do you also i i kind of see it in uh the government is trying to make it known that there are resources for them because a lot of you know a lot of people who do panhandle are not homeless yeah yeah I definitely do see that, but I don't know. For what I'm thinking of is in the Winsburg situation of the sign, what resources? Because I can't think of a resource offhand just in Winsburg that I can say, hey, go to this. Like in DC, I can think of plenty offhand right now mm-hmm. that you can go to. But in Winsburg, I'm just like, hmm. I can't really think of Maybe so. we should call that number one day. Yeah, and actually see, investigate, see, and investigate what can you, what what are you really putting in place to help these people? Because yeah. I need to know. I was in Henrico, and it was literally my first, I took a picture of it, because it was literally my first time ever seeing something like that. Like, I know, like, in the subway, you know, they pro- prohibit panhandling, and and they don't want the, the dancers dancing, and people selling candy, but, you know, we th- they do it anyways, and we, we support, but I've never seen a sign posted where, like, on a median where people would actually stand and beg for money. Yeah. I've never seen that back home. But I also haven't lived back home in six years, so things have changed. Yeah. Um, so, how do, how do the people who live in the Magic Castle Hotel and the neighboring further in support each other? What are the challenges in creating community? Um, they definitely support each other because literally everyone knows everyone. So therefore, if someone does something, then everyone's going to find out and you're going to get held accountable for what you do. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, when in the beginning of the film, when the kids were spinning on the car and the grandma was chasing after the kids, you see one of Mooney's friends who moved away. His name is Dickie. 
um, thinking that was like, oh, they are in trouble all the time. And then he just takes the son and he doesn't hang out with them again. So people are going to know things. They're going to say things and you're going to get held accountable for it. So they definitely, if you want to say support each other, they definitely support each they, other. They, they looked out for each other. All right. So number six, or they don't really see it. So next question. What do you think is Mooney's perspective on her family's financial situation? She doesn't know, but she's a child, so that's why she wouldn't know. She's only six. But it's very evident about their financial situation. Like, girl, you're begging for money for one ice cream cone to split between three kids. So, I mean, I'm, most kids don't really. I mean, I'm saying she can't gauge that because she's six. And was was Haley even around? Yeah, Haley wasn't around. Right, right. So it's not even that she could say, "Hey, mom, can I have a dollar for ice cream?" Yeah, and she when they went to the Dollar Tree and they were like bawling, quote unquote, at the Dollar Tree. Like you don't see that you're splurging at a Dollar Tree where everything is a dollar. Like you're, mm-hmm. yeah, she doesn't contend know. with that. So clearly, it's evident that she doesn't she's know. A kid. Yeah, most kids don't know the value of a dollar. So do you um do you think she should know? No. I think she should know only because of how I think I think Mooney should know that about their financial situation only because she tells her everything else. Like she was literally at the PO meeting and saying like explicit things and Moon I'm I wanna say Monte. Mooney was literally right there and I was like, bro, like you are finally saying something like that. And even the PO had to say, um, can you calm it down? The child's right there. So clearly she already tells her everything else. You yeah. might as well. You don't have to keep it like all the way raw, but you just say, hey, mommy can't do all this, blah, blah, blah. Like just put it to her age appropriate level. I think she'll, she should know. We're talking about a six-year-old. So, you know, say mommy can't do all the things that other yeah, kids but she do. Yeah, They'll say that, and again, kids don't grasp that. <clears throat> I think Mooney's a little bit more. She has a what do you call it? Um, better grasp of reality than more most six year olds would know. I feel like she's more in tune to reality than majority of six um six year olds. I think she's definitely in tune. I think if you tell an average, I mean, it's a movie, but I also think if you tell an average six year old, like, hey, we you know we can't afford that. Yeah, they average. don't understand what afford means you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah that's what I'm saying an average but Mooney is clearly not an average she's clearly not an average child she's not at all because even Jancy like it was I forgot we were, they were walking really far to go to the ice creams um the ice creams were tasty mm-hmm. and even Jancy was like this is too far and then here goes Monsky no it's not blah blah don't be a loser blah 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 so clearly she if she can gauge like simple things as oh, this is not bad, walking too far, just that reality, I feel like she can handle a small conversation age-appropriate because she's really ahead for a sixth grader in that reality. Like, reality has hit her hard, and it's evident. Um, Next one is, do you sympathize with the struggles of Haley and Mooney? Oh, this is going to be good. Um... Absolutely. I do sympathize. Why? I feel like Haley, if you if you take if you go back further, Haley was definitely not raised appropriately. Not we can't even say that she wasn't yeah. raised appropriately because you can be raised to to a high standard and and be taught to do all the right things and still be a, a fuck up in your parents' eyes. Exactly. So I feel like Haley's upbringing and her, the way she handles life, trickled down to Mooney. And I mean, I feel like all you can do is sympathize. Mm, I mean, I can sympathize with them to an extent. Like, for example, a lot of times when I watch the Slice of Life films, I cry at some point, especially if there's a character development or just something, but I couldn't cry for this film at all. Like, I couldn't even get a tear. And I don't know. I could sympathize with... Do you think it's because it was too raw? It was, it was really raw? No, because Moonlight was really raw, and I had bawled my eyes out. But this Moonlight kind of had a, a... It had a different ending. 
I mean, it was a coming of age um, movie, but yeah. it was still, he was in the projects and he was dealing with his sexuality and being a gay man in the hood is definitely hard for a right. black man, a person right. of color. So, um, I mean, I don't think I could, it was hard for me to sympathize with them because she didn't show any, Haley, her mom, she didn't show any progress or any efforts to help situation or change. I mean, her efforts to do it was her hoeing. And but I also I feel like another reason why you probably couldn't well we don't see any development is because I really I wonder how like what was the time span that the movie was filmed. You get what I'm saying? Like it was a small part of the summertime. Yeah. I mean So it's not even like she had a birthday. It wasn't like she she grew four years and and now she's a whole different girl. And stuff no, like well, that. am I? This is why I can't sympathize. In the time that we saw that little summer, I did not see her once go to a job to like apply. And it'd be different if I saw her get rejected from the job because I'm like, at least you're trying. But I mean, she did do that little hustle of selling perfumes. I mean, I guess I could give her that credit for that because at least she was trying to get some income for a child. But I mean, it was kind of bare minimum in my eyes. And I mean. If you gonna hoe, because I mean that was another means of her income, at least try to get someone to watch your child. That's where I also lost sympathy of her hustle because you did it with your child in the room. Yeah, she definitely put her in the bathroom. Yeah, she y'all, she literally had the girl taking a bath and trying to suck the nigga off in the bedroom. And the nigga walks into the bathroom and sees the child. Like I would be cool if you was like, yo, can you watch the kid for this, blah, 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 you do your little sex work, boom, you hustling, you doing what you got. But wasn't it at that point her and Scooty's mom was already beefing? Yes, but Jancy's um, grandma was right down but there. Jancy's grandma also had, it was more than one kid in a, in a, in a bedroom. True, when she got kicked out of the other um, motel from being a little bitch, her grandma let her and the um daughter stay in there for the night. So I guarantee if she let her do let her know that she was about to do quote unquote work or work a shift for the night, I guarantee her grandma probably would let her stay. I, I definitely believe so. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I just I sympathize because I sympathize I sympathize more for Mooney because everything that happened is out of her control. Yeah. Yes, she is a little witch at times and she does things that she knows she's not supposed to be doing. But again, if you don't have a parent or anyone there telling you, hey, don't light this house on fire. But what normal... Yeah, hold on. What normal child do you think would be like, yo, let's light this on fire? That is low-key a sign that your child may need some therapy. Like, you might need to go check your child because I'm not... Let's take out the equation of money, income, job, status, etc. If your child is thinking of lighting something on fire, all that, I think that's a sign that you might... What if they were doing it for a reaction? Exactly. If they're doing that for a reaction and that's your first thing, thought of doing something to that extent for a reaction, you still need therapy. I, you Absolutely. Need, you need intervention. Because that's if, what need therapy. So if I'm a six-year-old, but I know... How these kids grow up in the same environment? They're going to need therapy. Yeah, there's a lot of kids. That, if you have trauma, which majority of people in low-income areas... I can't even talk today. Low-income areas, they have a lot of traumatic, uh, traumatic experiences. They definitely need therapy. But I'm saying for her situation, a normal six-year-old, if they're trying to get attention or um, trying to get a reaction, they'll do something like maybe throw a temper tantrum or throw something. But to think she of let's light something on fire, she, oh, she, she tweaking. She on the point of a temper tantrum. She, yeah, exactly. She tweaking. She way ahead of her age. Um, So let's go deeper into this Haley. So what do you think Haley's backstory is? Like, what do you think led up to her being the way she is and how she's living now. Um, I, I think she's from here. I don't think she's from Orlando. I think she moved down here. Moved down there. I feel like she she's a know-it-all mm-hmm. who probably got pregnant really young mm-hmm. and had no 
respectful authority. I am parents. Um, and she figures she can make it on her own. Yeah. And without without the understanding of what real world is and how hard it is to survive. And it's not alone. Not let alone you're by yourself as one adult, as an adult, but now an adult with a child. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting I definitely think she probably had whether it's a two parent household or one parent, but you she definitely had a support in which was trying to tell her right from wrong, but she just gave me like that resistant kind of vibes, that child that just wants to just do everything opposite of what my parents are telling me I should do, just because I want to see what's the what's the consequence of it. And I think that she probably had Mooney probably right after high school or probably her last year. I don't know. She seems pretty young. They did go to that one clone club, club or whatever it was. But we don't even know what kind of club or what kind of nightlife that was that they went to. So we don't even know how old they were because we never saw her drink. I mean, I- even if, if she was, if she was, let's say, 25. I, I don't think she was. I think she was way younger. That was yeah, that would her six, at, what? If she was twenty five, that put her at um nineteen. Yeah. And she was twenty two, put her at sixteen. So yeah, that sounds about right to me. I definitely think so. I so a kid high school. She probably didn't even graduate high school. And yeah, I was just thinking that she probably didn't graduate high school, and that's probably another reason why it's so hard for her to drive because she clearly was convicted since she had the PO, and then since it's harder to get a job as well, she probably doesn't have. A high school diploma or a GED, so that's probably another um, issue of why she can't get a job. Where's the dad? Exactly, where is the dad? How did you get home from tricking? I was like, let me stop. Sorry. I mean, but, it's real shit though. Did you get home from one night stand? What are you Are you running away from something? Exactly. Like, it's a whole lot of things, and let's even put it into this perspective. Maybe she is running away from somebody. That whole survival instinct. It's then heightened, I guess, and that's probably why she does what she does, but she doesn't do it in the best way, yeah. So, do you think, like, do you condone, like, are you cool with her? Like, she's, I would give her, she's a, I want to give her a plus for her hustle, I would give her probably that's a C, wrong. probably yeah. a C for that's her hustle. C, there's yeah. a lot of, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of ways you can hustle. I mean, I thankfully never had to. But um, I don't know. It's different when you grow up, not growing up over there in Florida. Yeah. Like, you know, I've seen people hustle in New York my whole life. You dance for yeah. people. You, you, you buy a box of candies from one store, from a wholesale store. You sell mm-hmm. them for a dollar each on a train. Now you make a profit. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different kind of ways to hustle, but it does make it hard when... You have a child, I guess. Exactly. When you have someone's life in your like responsibility, which I don't think she really took that to account because there was plenty of situations that Mooney should have got in legal trouble and she had other kids in her possession. Like, for example, when it was was it Jancy's birthday? I don't think it was smart to hitch a ride and bum a ride off of someone you don't know with someone else's child in the car with you. Like, wasn't the best decision. Like I get her intentions, that was really nice. But if my child literally hitched a ride with a stranger in your care, I might have to whoop your ass. Because what if they a sex offender or whoever knows and they just took children and you and now you're all dead. Now I'm looking stupid and sad for my child gone because you're a dumbass. So I don't think she had a grasp of like real life. Yeah, I definitely think she was. I think she was very immature. She was very Mm -hmm. immature. Yeah. Because how does everyone know about your child but you? Like, I'm still trying to understand that everyone knew your child was bad as shit, but you didn't know. And you trying to figure out why all these kids that your child was around is no longer around. So I'm just trying to figure out how you don't notice something like that. That's a little something. You should know who's all your child is playing with. And if you see that people are starting to dwindle away, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully our kids are good. Oh, they're going to be good. <laughs> and Did she ever hit Mooney? No. Mooney she should have got her ass beat. Oh, my God. As soon as she spit on the car, I would have beat my child. And she told me some, it's 
not that bad. You don't have you're overreacting to the grandma. Nigga, if my child be spent on someone's car, I'm oh, really yeah, uh, beating a nice their, pop. I'm beating their ass to the car. They wipe in the car. Like the grandma had to tell them to wipe and clean her car. Not 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 the mom, the grandma who who went against she had to tell them to clean the car. That's crazy. So And Matt Mooney's grandmother, the friend's grandma. Jansen's grandmother, who they spit car they spit on, had to tell the kids to clean her car. Not not um Mooney's mom. That's I mean, that's just crazy to me. So I don't know. So overall, what would you rate this movie out of ten? I would say like a seven. Yeah, I was thinking probably seven too. I mean, oh yeah, we gotta get into the ending. I would say seven because of the ending. The ending pissed me off. <laughs> I loved it. Another spoiler alert, so if you don't wanna listen to what happens in the end, then end this now. At this point they know what happens to me. <laughs> so in the end, when well I'm not about to say welfare. When CPS is about to take Mooney away, she run she goes, runs away to the neighboring motel to visit her friend Jancy before she leaves. And she's crying. She's hysterical. She's it's finally hit her that she's about to be held accountable. Well, not her, and but Jancy, her mom's about to be held accountable. Jancy barely talked. Yeah, Jancy barely talked. I don't think she talked. even said anything when Mooney showed up crying. I think she asked her, like, what? She was saying, like, what? And I don't know what's wrong, but she didn't. Mm-hmm. That was it. So um, she goes to her Jancy's um, motel, crying, hysterical. She's like, I can't say it. I can't say it. Yada, yada, yada. And she finds, like, I can't say it. Bye. So then once she's standing there, Jancy just looks, and then she just grabs her, and they run. They run, they run, and they end up at Magic Kingdom. But this is what pisses me off. They get inside the park. And this movie is it was made in 2017. So I'm thinking it was based around that time frame, 2016, 2015, I don't know, around that time. So if it's based around that time, no kid should be able to get in Disney World that easy. So right. that's why I was like, this movie was realistic. I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Well, and I mean, then, you definitely couldn't run from where they were to Disney World. So there was that. Well, I didn't. I didn't look up. I mean, I knew like when they went to like the, the evil part and where they took. Even then, when you drive to to Disney World, you have to take a shuttle to. The park. Yeah, yeah. You have to get on the shuttle. You have to walk and and walk. So I think it's it's just a fantasy, and I I love the ending. I feel like. Just because they were where they were in Florida, that's literally like we said before, the happiest place on earth. Everyone's every kid's dream is to go to Disney World, and because she probably never was able to go because she was poor, um, that's the first place that was literally like their safe haven. And I, I think the way it ended with them just there was beautiful and kind of poetic. See. Now I could I can rock with them it was getting like a there. Thing, though. No, but see, I can see them getting there, like to like the park. But as soon as they're about to go past the gate, they're stopped, or someone's like, "Who? Where's your parent? Where's your parent?" Something like that. Then I can rock with it because I'm like, "That's that's realistic. Like that's going with the realism that I'm watching." I but mean, them going, they're running like you say, a far distance to get to the park, and then you're in the park and running in the park. Like that's unrealistic. So that's when it's like, bro, you're supposed to be a slice of life, no naturalism film, and then you go with this but I mean, ending. Because honestly, how many playtimes we snuck into places? Speak for yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I but mean, okay, what you what you sneak into? I guarantee it was the level of Disney World. It wasn't the level of Disney movie World. Movie theaters, like simple, and and how packed Disney World is. How, no matter how in 2016, no matter how packed Disney World. They still had security in 2016, 2015. And I, I distinctly remember getting to Magic Kingdom is not that easy because you have to ride the tram and all that stuff. So I'm just like, maybe getting like so close that they can literally see it and almost touch it, but getting stopped, I feel like that would have been a better ending because I'm just like, that's more realistic in my head. Because I mean, I get the point of they get this little happy ending, quote unquote, and they finally get to get this 
I don't know, it's different life, etc. By being in the park, but it's like that's not realistic. Like we were all being so real, and then this. So but I, the, I mean, but the park isn't real life either. It's all imaginative. I mean, yeah, but people get to experience that facade. They get to leave the stresses right. of their so world. They, they left one facade to go to another. Mm, I say they should They should have planned. I still believe. We will not agree on the ending. I still believe. She hates the ending. They should have got to the park as soon as they got to the gate where you're supposed to give them your ticket. Oh my God. So I don't know. So yeah, y'all, please watch if you haven't. What if she did have the um, bands? Exactly. Then have a time in your life and good luck finding you. But what if she did? Because remember, she stole those bands from a guy? For Fast Pass, they said. It wasn't getting the park. It was for Fast Pass. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll agree to disagree about the ending. <laughs> y'all, please let us know what y'all think about. I guess I'm going to have to create an Instagram or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, we need some feedback about this movie. So, please watch the movie. Um, Just watch it. Get some input so you can. Watch it with your friend. Yeah, watch it with your friend. So here's just a little something that you can do after watching this film because, like I said, when watching slice of life films, naturalism films, it leaves you thinking of like relating it to your real life because this is a real life kind of issue. So now after watching this, what can people do? What do you think people can do to help their environment with families that's facing homelessness, low income, well, very low income areas? Like, how can we help those children like that? Like, what can they do after watching this film? I think the first thing to do is realize that just because someone isn't on the street begging doesn't mean that they're not homeless. Facts. Or going through. Just because students are going to school doesn't mean that there's issues that they're facing at home. Especially during the summertime, yep. Where when school's out, it's it's chaos for a lot of families. Mm-hmm. But and a lot crazy of crazy kids come back next school year, definitely. It 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 really is a lot of kids are, are left to fend for themselves for the summer, and it's it's real life. Yeah, it's real life. So I definitely agree. After watching the film, I think the first step is just dialogue, just talking like we're doing now, just talking about it, and just. Be, making yourself aware and other people aware of this is what's going on in our world, in our society, in our state, in the country, in the world in general. This is an issue. Homelessness is an issue. And so definitely the first step is dialogue. And then I think next is just looking up the facts in your community, just definitely seeing, hey, how big of a problem is this in my community? And then after you're doing research, I think the next step is action. Definitely going out and doing something, maybe whether it's volunteering or, in my case, having a job in which helps community, your community or a community that you relate to, to help dismantle those problems. So definitely watch, research, action. That's my plan of action for you after watching a film like this. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I think we've been on here long enough. So I hope y'all enjoy. That was fun. It was definitely fun. I hope this was a good first episode. Otherwise, I don't tell y'all. It'll get better. It will definitely get better. Because for our first episode, I was definitely nervous. So stay tuned for more to come. Hopefully we bring you good content, meaningful content, and keep you coming back. So thank you. This has been Sister Safe Space.